Alright, so we've been talking about harmonizing with destiny, right? Harmonizing with destiny. And, um, and so, I think I want to start here with just a thought that was stimulated from um, some other stuff we talked about last week. A lot of times, um, it's the excuses the devil puts in our head that becomes the moat that blinds us from seeing our destiny. Remember we talked about, you know, uh, you know, God has a destiny and our goal is to harmonize with destiny. And then sometimes we think that, well, if God already got this plan, then it's all on him and it's not on me. I know Ed was teaching on three aspects of salvation and how be confident of everything that he's done a good work will perform it until the day of Christ Jesus in Philippians 1.6. But that wasn't saying you didn't have a part. It was telling you hang in there. <laughs> it's a process, right? It was, it was telling who to hang in there. Us, right? We got to hang in there. Remove us. He can't perform it without you, without the person presenting themselves as a living sacrifice. So here God declared the end from the beginning, as we talked about in the previous weeks, and we're a part of this plan. And he's trusting that we believe him through the process. And you know what's so interesting in this life? No matter what God has planned for you, there'll be hurdles. And guess what? Do you know in, in, in these particular hurdles, they'll seem like they're in, insurmountable or impossible? Why? Because you're looking at them, <laughs> right? It's hard to see beyond them because they're screaming loud in your face, right? Yeah, but, but see, that's a diversion. That's a, that's a distraction. You know the dog barking behind the, bit, uh, behind the fence? You know what he's saying? Please don't come back here. <laughs> now, now, you think he's saying, please don't come back here because I'm vicious. No, he's scared. He's scared. Dogs bark because they're afraid. See, a lot of people don't know. It sounds vicious, right? Yes, because I want you to come back here. I'm frightened. My panic sounds vicious. Uh, last argument. Last argument when you was going off. You was afraid they was going to see you the wrong way. You was afraid that uh, they was going to leave you behind. <laughs> Right? Right? Say amen, brother. <laughs> Don't play me like that. Right? You see what I'm saying? Like you, 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 it's, it's fear, right? Right? Does that make sense? You know, I mean, I, the last time I got argued, I was afraid <laughs> she's going to be mad at me. <laughs> Aww. I wanted you to tell your part. That's what you told me the other day, right? Now, I want to hear your side. All right, so listen. <laughs> All right, so, so, so when we're in these insurmountable, seemingly situations, the adversary is trying to intimidate us, punk us, distract us, divert us off of harmony. Now, now we have something in us that says, because I, God has this plan, it should all be all good, right? I came to the kingdom, right? It's all good, right? My name's Victory. <laughs> It's just, and, and then we have these plans. I was talking to my nephew. He, he lives in London. I was talking to him. And, I was, and he was just, he'd be asking me every detail. He said, so how did you get from there to here? He said, you was a, you was a good basketball player. You was doing that and the other. How are you, like, ministering for God? And so I started walking him through the different choices and decisions I made. And I said, a lot of things I wanted to do. But I wouldn't have told you that at the time. I even told him one time I said this, like y'all do. I said, hey, God, if you want to take basketball away from me, now something I spent hours. Listen, I used to work out at work for eight hours. 
get off of work, go, go run up and down a high rise with a 40 pound weight jacket on 10, 11 times, run my last set, run out of the, the apartment complex, run down with the weight jacket on 40 pounds, run down to the playground and run six or seven miles. Then I would run sprints after that. After I finished running the sprints, then I would do my shooting drills with the jacket on. And I couldn't have fun. I couldn't do my crossovers and spins until I did all the fundamental drills, all the little fundamental drills. So if I, if I didn't make a certain amount in a row, then we ain't having no fun today. I can't do the cute moves until I do all the fundamentals over and over and over. Had to make a certain amount of foul shots with each hand, left and right. I had to make a certain amount of layups each hand, a certain amount of hook shots. And if I, got to, if I had to make 30 in a row on each hand, I got to, and I got to 29 on one hand. Oh, we starting over. And I'm out there all night. The police used to drive by. It was late at night, park, and take their flashlight and flash it on, on, the, on the court so I could see. After a while, everybody knew I was out there. I talked to a friend a couple years later. He said, man, man, I remember, man, you know, I live in back of the park. I remember, man, you know, some, some fool was out there all night playing basketball in the dark. I said, that fool was me. So this person has invested all this time in basketball, all this effort in basketball, because I had to jump out the sky. You know, that's why I had to run the weight jacket because you got to, you know, it's all about leaping in, 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 in New Jersey. All right, so then, um, so, so, so then I climbed up to finally get to play against professionals and stuff like that. And I said, God, now I'm coming to God now. God's coming in my life. Jesus. I said, God, if you want to take basketball away from me, you can. I said it like with confidence on the outside. On the inside, I was like, of course you ain't going to take basketball away from me. I'm good now. Like, like uh, why would you take it away? That don't even make logical sense. You allow me to go down this road, break through all these hurdles and humiliations and embarrassments. Hey, listen, I'm the dude when I was a little kid, I would run. I told you I, I, I was a writer. I was asked to write in a magazine. And I didn't even go see the lady after school because I had to run home, get the money, run to the store, get the bread, run back home, get to the court so I could be first in line because I'm a little dude. So I can get my winners to play a game. And sometimes they punk me from that. Newark, New Jersey wasn't, hey, buddy, it'll be okay. It'll be like, man, you ain't playing. Go sit over there. I missed a shot. Hey, 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 James, you want to take Keith's place? No, no, matter of fact, come take Keith's place. Man, go sit down somewhere. Or if nobody was available, don't shoot no more. So if I miss one shot, there's a chance I'm not touching the ball, and if I do touch it, man, give me that ball back. Give me that ball. You crazy? You better not shoot again. I had to go through all of that to get to a point where when I showed up, yo, 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 put my man down on the team. Wherever I went, New York, New Jersey, league, wherever, now I'm telling God you could take this away from me if you want. But on the inside, my logic was like, come on, man. There's no way God would want to take this. I'm good at it. See, see, that's what's wrong with our mind. We're too logical. It ain't got nothing to do with our logic. It has something to do with his purpose and his destiny. Yeah. Yeah. Ain't got nothing to do with that. And, so, and we're so busy fighting to hold on to our ego 
of the investment that we already committed to, we don't realize we're forfeiting the fulfillment he planned the whole time. See, see, we don't trust God. You trust yourself? Okay, we did this little uh, exercise in class, right? We did it, or, or it was it class, Bible study, fellowship, one of How many of us have made a mistake before? Okay. You got some people who have never made a mistake because they don't have their hand up. Okay, all right. All right. Tristan, make no mistakes. I'm just playing. <laughs> she she, she kind of put her hand up later, right? All right, so how many people have made the same mistake twice? All right, we got some people that didn't make the same mistake twice. So y'all know y'all in church, so don't be lying. Because <laughs> it's not true. All right, so how is that possible? How do you make a mistake? Because you know it's okay to make mistakes, right? If, I didn't, if I, nobody told you it's okay to make mistakes, because you know how you learn? You learn from what? Mistakes. But if I did it again, Courtney, did I learn from the mistake? Or something would happen in my mind, didn't it? I was like, well, really, 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 really wasn't a mistake. Or I just did the thing, I'm going to do the same thing a different way. But it's still what? The same thing. Right? Right, so am I going to trust that, that person? I'm talking about Keith. I know y'all, you know. Am I going to trust Keith after he done made the same mistake twice, three times, four times? I probably didn't have done it five times because I was prideful. This got to work because I've committed to it. Right? Not that, I'm, I'm, not that I, I committed to something and then it didn't work and I go, oh, this is probably not the best thing to do. <laughs> no. It can't be not, it's not the best thing to do because I thought of doing it. It's got to be the best thing to do because I'm like James. I'm the smartest person in the world. Right? He said at one time he was, chill out. <laughs> right? Didn't you say that, James? Right? See, see but, but when we think like that, we think, surely I can't possibly be wrong with doing this. And then even if you, have, if you have somebody that approaches you that you don't think is smarter than you, and then they tell you, uh, you might want to consider something else. Don't you catch an attitude with them? Okay, I catch, I've caught an attitude with them in the past. Right? Okay, okay. All right, so I know y'all don't. Y'all be like, oh, okay. I didn't think of that. Even though I'm smarter than you, Boy, you haven't came up with a good idea that time. Not normally how it goes, does it? It's like, please, what would you know? Oh, you found a brain today? Man, get, roll, roll up out of here, right? Am I right? That's for some of us that really ain't all that smart. <laughs> well, we think we are, right? I said some of us, and I said we, right? Oh, Pastor Mel's friends out there on TV, they sat. No, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not talking about y'all either. All right, so I'm saying that to say, if we get this, we'll find out that we're going to have to cut our losses. You see how the, the atmosphere had a high and then a shift? Did you see the shift? I used to mix music, so you got to pick up those sounds, right? So, so you, y'all ain't see that shift? Some of y'all are going to be terrible DJs. You guys got to pick up the, <laughs> that shift here. <laughs> it was a sound shift. There was a heart shift, right? You felt it, right? And so, so yeah, you got to cut some losses, right? And, 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 and it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing. There's something on the other side of that obedience, 
right? That you're going to get to. All right, all right, so good. All right, so a lot of times it's, it's the excuses the devil puts in our head that becomes the moat that blinds us from seeing our destiny. So remember the scripture says, don't be judging people. Take the moat out of your own eye. Because what it's saying is you got a moat in your eye and you're going, hey, man, you got a moat in your, in, all over your face. No, 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 it's in your eye. <laughs> you might want to clear your vision so before you assess anything, right? But sometimes that moat are excuses. We're looking through the lenses of excuses, not reality, right? So what happens is so God shows up with something called the Word of God, right? And that Word clears out the moat and enlightens our path to purpose. The interest of the Word bring of light gives understanding to the simple. So, so the person at the lowest level of intelligence, if they get the Word, they can cross over to be the person at the highest level of intelligence, right? Because intelligence is based on processing and clarity. We think it's based on as much information as you know. You know there's some retarded smart people, right? Well, maybe I shouldn't use the word retarded. How about stupid smart people, <laughs> right? <We> got, <laughs> I don't know if that even makes sense either, but you know, all the intelligence in the world but don't know how to apply it. They just talking about what they know, right? Right, and they're not smart enough. See, see wisdom is not just I know stuff. I, Wisdom is also I recognize stuff, like help. <laughs> See, a smart person recognize help. You know, uh, 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 original, uh, uh, was it Henry Ford, when uh, they built Ford Motor Company? L- listen, he ain't know nothing about engines and all that stuff. He got together the right help. Somebody for the tires, somebody for the engines, somebody for the body. If, 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 if people go back, if, if you hung out with him back then, you would be shocked that he created the Model T because of how you saw him in his everyday life. But what you didn't pick up is his, his ability to recognize how to galvanize help. Not just, I need to know how to build the Model T myself. Some of us trying to build the Model T ourselves. <laughs> And God done put all this help around you. <laughs> Did you get that? Did you get that one in? Yeah, yeah, that was a, he threw that one in. All right, so, so, so we're going to have to cut some losses. So John chapter 12, verse 24, it says, except a corner of wheat fall to the ground and die, can't bring forth fruit. All right, I was meditating on the book I'm working on. And uh, no, I was meditating on the next message some weeks from now. Uh, what is it? It's a... Uh, Heaven on earth, I think. Nah, something like that. It's close to that. And just meditating on 1 Corinthians 15, you know, how we take these, uh, these natural bodies and they're converted into celestial bodies, supernatural bodies, you know, right? Because it talks about how, how we're going to change. You know, in the end times, as I taught the end times message, we'll have glorified bodies. You can choose to walk around or you can choose to float around if you want to. You know what I'm saying? Like you can, you can or translate. You know, you, you can do whatever you want. You'll be able to nap because you'll have a, a, a glorified body. You won't have this normal body. First Corinthians 15, you can study out for yourself. I know that's not the teaching right now. But I was thinking through how, how we got to be buried as this old man, what Trina was talking about, and take on this new man. But that's setting us up for some things to come, right? 
Like, so that's coming soon at a, at, at a church near you in a few weeks. We'll talk about that. But, but, but when, when you cut losses, it's a, it's a level of brokenness you're going through because you have to sever yourself from some things. Now, after a while, you're smothered in what you've invested in. So it could be a friendship. It could be a relationship. It could be, a, we'll call it a dream, right? Uh, well, we're going to call it a nightmare for this particular conversation, right? You could be smothered in it because you've already committed yourself to it. Now, you might say, I'm not smothered in it. I'm not doing it no more. Yeah, but you're still walking around with the effect of the disappointment of it. So you're still smothered in it. You're still playing off of, you, 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 you play off of if, if you do it, you're happy. If you don't do it, you're unhappy. So it's arrested your life. You think you're walking around looking like you. You're smothered in the pain of disappointment of that dream, right? And so, 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 so you got to bury that thing. And, 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 and see, uh, uh, John 12, 24 says, uh, except a corner wheat fall to the ground and die, it can't bring forth fruit. So now it's like a, that corner wheat is a seed. So now, now this, 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 uh, this dream or this investment that we attached our heart to, we're offering it for God to bring us a harvest. So it's our precious seed now, right? There's yeah, uh, Psalm 126 that says, you know, if you go forth and you bring precious seed, I think there's only five verses in the chapter, but it says you'll come back with a harvest. He says you're going to be crying to give forth the precious seed. Now, precious seed is something your life is attached to. See, see, it's not, you know, Courtney, I'll give you this because I, I can spare this. Well, my life is not attached to that. <laughs> I can spare it. But the things that God is requiring, it's all of you. It's what's, 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 what you're submerged with. You got to bury that. Let, let go through the brokenness so he can break off that which you submerge yourself in so he can release the destiny he originally designed for your life, right? Right, so we must embrace the pressures of proving to release the harvest within. So what we do is we bury ourselves in the testing. So, oh, this is, oh, this is wonderful, wonderful. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right, so, so uh, we do something here called courtship and premarital, okay? So, uh, you know, this is good for singles. I just throw this in there. Actually, they're in the courtship and premarital process, right? I, and, 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 and this wonderful couple back here with these, these two children, they went through the courtship and premarital process, right? And so it started out with courtship. So courtship is friendship. And so we challenged them. It's not about romance. It's not about sex because that clouds you from the red flags. Most of us that get in a bad relationship, we get so intoxicated, we, we ignore the red flags, and that's normally what causes us to break up, right? We good? So courtship is the fire. But courtship, we can also say, is the place of burial. I believe this person is precious. I'm going to take them and bury them in the in this pressure of proving. And if they come out, I'm going to get a harvest of a great relationship. But most people don't even do that, right? No, nah, man, I'm not even trying to test this thing. I, I don't want no accountability. I don't want no responsibility. I just want to lean to my feelings. Everybody that's of any level of maturity can tell you that's destroyed lives. Everybody can tell you that. Why do we do a relationship boot camp in February? Have you gone to any church? In there that, I'm not dogging any church out, but how many relationship boot camps have you gone to? I'm talking about every year for a whole month at a church. 
Do you think we're just doing that? Just, hey, you know what, babe? Be a good idea. Let's just do a relationship boot camp just because. No. What's, why is most of us walking around in pain? Why are us struggling with our parental relationships? Because our parents end up in a jacked up relationship that affected us, right? I ended up with foster parents for my first 17 years of my life because of what? A relationship. Two people get together, they didn't go through no courtship and premarital, out of emotions, felt that it would be fine. One person had one picture, the other person had another picture, right? They get married. So what does it take to get married? See, you, you, they, they even get married only to go through a divorce, leave the youngest child with strangers for till he was 17 years old. You know, you know, know how that happened? A relationship. Some of, y'all, some of us walking around that we are constantly ministering to struggled growing up, wasn't properly developed because of what? A bad relationship at the house, right? But nobody's testing a the relationship. They're just going emotionally. <laughs> I love you, I love you too. Love Everybody in this building that's of any age has said that mess. That ain't the test. So if you believe it's the one, put them through the test. If you believe, see, if you're confident, put it through the test. Okay, right now, uh, Marcus was picking me the other day. Uh, I'm going to tell you he was picking with me. He's going to say he wasn't, but he was picking with me. He, he said he could outrun me to the mailbox. I'm like, please. But I'm willing to put it to the test. We got a basketball court out there. If I said, hey, let's go play basketball, we had the three-on-three. I ain't, listen, I'm going to tell y'all this for the rest of your life. I'm never showing up at a basketball court and I'm not ready to win. I'm not saying I'm always going to win, but if you see me out there, I'm out there to play. Remember, we was going to play basketball. I said, man, you here to play or you just here to get exercise? This is the first time him coming out with us at the YMCA. And he looked at me, you know how Isaac is, like, what you trying to say? I said, I ain't really care what Isaac was trying to say. I was like, are you coming out here? We get up early in the morning. I win games, and then I go home. That's how I get my exercise. If you come out here just to, just to mess around, I'm not picking you to play with me. Because you're going to get mad. Because I'm like, you just do doop do doop And I'm like, no, 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 no. Shut him down. He gets nothing. We get everything. What am I trying to say? I'm willing to put that to the test. Guess what? I'm talking to you about the Word. Everything I say today, I'll stay here at the end of the service, and you can ask me any question. I'm willing to put it to a test. I'm willing to put it to a test. Are you? God told me that was my wife. I was willing to put it to a test. Well, if that's my wife, she's going to be my wife no matter what happens. And guess what? She's here. God said go to Charlotte. Okay. You say go to Charlotte, we're going to put this to the test. We're going to Charlotte with $1,625 to start a church with two members, me and Melanie, right? So, so again, all this stuff we hiding, you already shown you don't trust it because the things that you trust, you expose. All right, so anyway, we talked about this. <laughs> don't know where that came from, but... <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so this, 
This is the thing. If you manipulate the proving, you'll forfeit the promotion. If you manipulate the proving, you'll forfeit the promotion. See, we're trying to get around the test. <laughs> we're trying to get around. Keep cheating. Listen, the person that had other people taking their tests in school is unemployed right now because they don't know nothing. They passed, right? But they don't know nothing. And if they got a job, they're spending all their time belittling people because they don't want to be found out that they don't know what they're doing. Because they didn't learn nothing. Other people took their tests, right? We don't work for them people, have we? <laughs> oh, you ain't go to school, did you? <laughs> oh, your uncle got you this job, didn't he? You don't know nothing, right? So if you manipulate the proving, you'll forfeit the promotion. Listen, destiny, we're talking about harmonizing with destiny. Destiny requires finishers. Destiny requires finishers. Like, there's, there, there, you, you can't assess your destiny when you quit along the way. You got, it's a finisher. Listen, and some of you, because, oh, I made this move, it didn't work out. Oh, I guess it's done. Are you kidding? Man, y'all need to go watch the American uh, Underdog. You need to watch that movie. Like, like, look at all the obstacles. He could have just gave up. He's in history. Kurt Warner, right? But, but we go, but they didn't pick me. Okay, I'm going to make them pick me then. I got cut. I got cut two, three times before I ended up playing college basketball. Because Mr. Smart didn't know stuff. Mr. Part, Mr. Smart, high school, I show up. <laughs> I'm going, to, I'm going to play basketball because I'm balling in the, in, in, in the street. I'm balling in the street. They had conditioning. They had help. They did drills. When they say conditioning, I was like, I'm in shape. Mr. Smart heard the word like we do with the Bible. I'm in shape. The conditioning wasn't about being in shape. It was about coming to learn the fundamental drills. Then the coach could see how you operate in these drills to see if he wanted to select you for the team. I show up the day of the trial. I'm not going to be picked because I didn't study the system. So then I make it to the last cut my sophomore year. Then low self-esteem, I leave the school, go to another school, call myself knowing what I'm doing. They've been playing together for years. So then I had to go back to the school that I was at. And when I get back to the school, still deal with low self-esteem, I'm on the team and I quit. I found an excuse to quit. That's why I didn't play high school basketball. That's my story. And you know what I did? I didn't quit. I said, you know what? I got to stop doing this. When I go to college, I'm going to play on a basketball team. Wherever I go, I'm going to walk onto the basketball team and play. And guess what? That's what I did. I wanted to play in the summer pro league. I'm going to play in that league. I did. I showed up at leagues where some of the greatest plays I've ever seen in my life. Legends you hear about. I used to watch. One day I want to play in that league. I did. So, 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 destiny requires finishers, right? <laughs> so, so, uh, Tiana was teaching in Fast Week, right? And she said she was going through a process in her life. 
And she asked this question, why am I going through this, right? And I, this is what I believe I got. Hopefully I don't say it wrong. Uh, get through it and you'll see. This is what I got through what she was sharing. Why are you going through this? You got to get through it and you'll see. You're not going to find out st- staying stuck where you're at. You're not going to find out magnifying the problems. Hey, let, let me ask you, how many people, oh, Lord, I don't know how I want to do this. Well, I'm going to do it, and I'll just let y'all flow. But how many people, uh, well, I won't say, I was going to say jacked up. So how many people have been frustrated at time with their parents? Oh, gee, <laughs> that's, everybody. that's everybody. All right, so how many people that raised their hand are parents? How many times do you think your kids are frustrated with you? <laughs> she said, right now, right now. <laughs> I, I already seen you try to block him from, from moving. And he's like, yo, you want to get out of my way? <laughs> but, but, but I said that to say, I remember I was in a, a working in corrections and the young man was complaining. Man, my dad ain't this, my dad ain't that, my dad ain't this, that, and the other. I said, oh, oh, so, so let me ask you something. I said, so your dad's jacked up, right? They said, yeah. I said, so how many you got kids? And they says, uh, and then just almost, almost all of them raised their hand. They was only like between 16 and 18 years old. I said, so you said your, your fathers weren't there for you, huh? Nah. I said, where are you? Listen, if, if your parents have frustrated you, forgive them now. Or walk through the lesson to learn why they were the way they are. See, what you despise, you become. Why, you, why do you become it? So you can realize and have compassion for what people went through. People have had jacked up situations. One of the things I realized, and I'm not being negative, but my grandfather, uh, you know, he, he left South Carolina, went to Harlem, and ended up working for Dutch Schultz, a gangster. So when I found that out, I said, well, my grandfather was a gangster. Our grandfather was a gangster, right? <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. So I'm expecting my father to operate a certain way. He got it honestly. You know what I'm saying? He was raised by, who knows what, what, what uh, people I rally went through. But what I'm saying is like, I said all this is we're, we're, we're giving too much audience. We're giving too much investment on how we've been mishandled when we could be using that energy to get to our destiny. See, we're going to stay stuck. We ain't going to finish, right? And we're going to feel that we're just, like I thought I was justified. Listen, I was a bitter N-word, right? But I thought I was justified because look at all I went through. But I got a destiny. So while I'm walking around like, yeah, you know, I'm a trip, but hey, got it honestly. I got a funky attitude, but hey, got it honestly. Smoking and drinking, but hey. Look at all I've been through, you know? I mean, now other people, they tripping. I'm not tripping. I was treated wrong. I'm okay. You don't even have to talk to me. I'm okay. You can just leave me in my mud, right? But God said, hold on a second. What you went through was painful, but what you're going through is, is how you've handled it. All right, so 2 Timothy 4. 
harmonizing with destiny. And see, remember, the devil, devil's trying to get us off of this thing. And he's been, he been tricking us, man. He's been fooling us. Hoodwinked, bamboozled. But we walk around thinking we're the smartest person in the world. The smartest person in the room, be in fulfillment then. Pull out, show me fulfillment in your life. Now, I'm talking about not that you're making up fulfillment. I'm good, I'm good. You know, you talk to people, you know, you see somebody, you ain't seen them in a long time. How you doing? Man, everything's going fine. But you, are, you know more than they know you know. You be like, well, maybe something happened yesterday. <laughs> like, you know, but what it is is they're trying to present to you that it's fine. Right? So, so, so if, if, if you're not in fulfillment, man, change me. <laughs> right? Change. Right? Be one of the people that can say, I'm so glad he changed me. Right? Serena, you better not say nothing. Because I was singing. I know you over there tripping. Cuz, cuz, cuz. Like cuz. That's our song. Back up. All right, so 2 Timothy 4, 7. Look, look, Paul said this. He says, I have fought a good fight. So, so there's, there's fights. But some of them are not good. Some of them are bad. Right? He says, I, I fought a good fight. Look, I finished. Did he say the course? What does it say there? I finished my course. And I had, no, oh, while I was on the course, I did something to finish it. What? I kept the faith. So we have this measure of faith, right? And we, we talk about this in the living faith class. So faith is, is an enduring belief. So faith is not just faith moments, right? The scripture says it's just your live by faith. So, so live by faith is not a faith moment, it's a faith life, right? Right? So, so, so now it's not just the faith that I have when I, when, when, I, when I have it right now. I got to hold on to that faith as I go through these hurdles, these mishaps, these interruptions, you know, the, these things that are trying to attack me. I got to hold on to my faith because the devil don't want me to keep this faith. He wanted to leak all over the place. Remember, the scripture says Satan desires to sift you as wheat, mm-hmm. but I'm praying that your faith fails not. Amen. Well, why would Jesus even talk about that if your faith couldn't fail? If your faith couldn't be broken down to wheat, mm. right? Why would he say that? He says, I'm praying that your faith is not broken down. See, some of us, when I say cut your losses, cut your losses of living with, trying to live this life with broken down faith. See, we can't, it's not going to happen. You have to have that faith. Faith is this key. I'm going down this road, narrow is the way that leads to life and peace, my destiny. But while I'm going down this road, there's hurdles. I remember I read the, uh, the autobiography, no jokes please, of O.J. Simpson. Because at one time that was my idol. I was eighth grade, my eighth grade yearbook under my name is says Juice, right? Stop pretending. Now. <laughs> so, so, so O.J. Simpson was my guy back then. Back, this was this this is before the before the Bronco, you know, eighth grade. Come on, I mean, I you know, wasn't no Bronco. He was still with the Bulls. I mean, with the uh, Bills. So I read the book, and it's Coach Lou Saban to 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 help him because he was a good runner at USC, but he wanted him to be a great runner. So what he would do is when he was running, he would, they would throw sandbags at his legs, and he had to keep on running. 
Like we ain't talking about little sandbags. They would throw sandbags, you know. So, so they wanted him to be able to run through obstacles or somebody ta tackle him. And if you go back and watch, even though I know you're going to keep tripping on OJ, but, but if you go back and watch the film, uh, tacklers would be jumping at him, and he'd just be like this. He, he like, he, 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 the juice was smooth back then. I'm not talking about him as a person. I'm talking about as a football player. We're talking football here. Stay, stay with me on football, right? Right? Somebody said, he was smooth in his life, too. <laughs> he, he got through some things. <laughs> Sorry about that, Juke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> my bad. But, but so when we're, when we're traveling, some of these obstacles we've gone through was sandbags doing your throwing at us. So the average, God allowed the adversary to throw the, the sandbags at us, the obstacles, up, but it was, it was preparing us to be able to handle when we get down to these other levels and there's greater attacks. So, so we got to keep on finishing. So as we keep moving, but look, look, now the whole thing is they're trying to, just like they're trying to get the football from you, trying to cause you to fumble, they're trying to cause you to fumble your faith, right? You know, so they tell you, you got to hold and tuck that thing, right? Keep it close to your body, right? Right? And so, so, so you're running, and they're just trying, and they're trying, but you're trying to get to the point of your destiny, everything that's purposeful, you fulfilled for you, so you can make, so now I have the faith to exchange to pull it into my life. But if I lose the faith, I may still get where I'm supposed to go, but I don't have the faith to make the exchange. You see what I'm saying? So that's why he says I fought a good fight and I kept the faith, right? Right, does that make sense? So, so, so he says I run my race. I stayed on track to my destiny. So, so, so uh, John, uh, I believe it's 1930, says uh, uh, Jesus was saying it is finished. Now when he said it's finished, he was saying that, you know, because in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and all the hosts of them, right? We talked about this last week. And so what he's saying, he says, it's finished. So, so it's almost like a reminder. I mean, it's a part of, in, in certain churches, they do the seven last words of Jesus on the cross, right? That's one of the seven last words. Now, you got all this stuff you can say at the end before you go into heaven, and one of the seven last words is, it is finished. Now, in our mind, we, we, we could say that, oh, everything is done. But obviously, everything was done. Some of us weren't even born. But the seed for everything that needs to be purposed was finished. Like, we think we're actually creating stuff. Like, really? No, it was already embedded in this earth realm for us to discover. We're, we're not creating it. We're discovering it. We're pulling it in, right? I, so, so the challenge is, like, sometimes we're, okay, we get stuck through the pain and the hurdles. But some of us are, are, are in, in our culture, we don't realize we're being sped up. One of the things I, I, used, I used to tell, I t not used to, I still tell players this, don't change your speed. So if I'm an aggressive basketball player, just and say, let's say Joe is just as aggressive, and this is me and Joe going to have a game today. Well, I'm not going to change my speed. Because I would watch players, I was like, so why are you changing your game? Or let's say if, if, if I'm better, I know I'm better than Joe. Like, well, I know I can ball on Joe. I'm just going to chill. No, 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 no. If, if, I'm, if, if, if he's a challenge, I'm going to play as hard as I can. If I'm better than him, I'm going to play as hard as I can. Don't change your speed. 
And somebody told me that because I was playing against them, and I let them get like 10 points. The game was 12, and then I just ran off 12 points. And so we come back the next week, and I'm playing against uh, this young this guy. His name is Ross Strickland, but his brother. And he had beat me the week before, and I was playing around. So, <clears throat> so I won the game, and the other guy comes up to me and says, how come you didn't play like that against me? I said, well, I knew I could beat you. He said, why would you change your game? Play the same game all the time. Don't change your speed. Now, so I'm saying that because what happens is in this culture, we don't realize that the adversary is trying to get us to change our speed. Now, he's using something we use in sports all the time, uh, a blitz in football, a press in basketball. The purpose of these two things is to speed you up, right? Now, 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 now if I take the ball, I'll take that. But if I speed you up, you're not going to be calm enough to recognize what you want to recognize. So if you're a quarterback back there and I speed him up, he has progressions. So his touchdown might be on the third progression. But if I speed him up, I'm, I might have him run. <laughs> so he got 10 yards, but he missed the touchdown, right? Basketball, I speed, the, you know, I'm a point guard. They would try to press me. They wanted to speed me up. They would just want me to throw the ball away. They want me to rush and not do what I want to do. Well, the adversary is trying to do that, too. He's trying to speed us up. Think about it. We're in a microwave society. We think this stuff is cute. People are telling you you have an eight-second attention span or eight-minute attention span, and we okay with that? Well, you know we got a short attention span. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm back. Like, what, what are we doing? And, and that's a lie because if you was up here speaking, you wouldn't have eight, uh, an eight-minute attention span. How come it's only on receiving? It just turns off and on, depending on if you're getting glory or not. I can't hear you. And I'm just like, anyway, so <laughs> I, 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 I just like us to think, right? All right, so, so what, what, what the adversary is trying to do, because he knows we're dangerous to ourselves when we're front runners. When we're front runners. So he's trying to speed us up. Think about the person that's um, zealous, overconfident. They're going to jump out there before they're ready, right? Or they're going to be like Anakin Skywalker in, in, in Star Wars. You holding me back. You know what I'm Because you think somebody, so you're going to be trying to rush the process. Uh, Ed, you talked about the process today, right? Try to rush the process or rush the preparation or rush the proving, right? That, that's why a lot of us are in bad relationships and been hurt, been abused. We rush relationships, right? So everything is speed you up, speed you up. No, 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 it's good, it's good. The salesperson is trying to get you to get, buy something and they don't want you to really think about what they're doing. They're speeding you up, right? No, no, you're good, you're good. Just get you, you know, they're overwhelming you, right? I was talking to my nephew. He's like, he said, I'm going to keep, st- slow down. Now, y'all don't even know my nephew. One day, I'm going to just have him call in so I can hear him. Michael talk fast, don't he? He's from New Jersey. He's telling me to slow down. I'm like, are you serious? But he was, I was telling him scripture. He was like, well, he said, you're talking to me as if I know this stuff. He says, he says you got to slow down so I can really process this stuff. Right? So the whole thing is trying to get us to front runners. And this is the thing about a front runner. A front runner, they don't try if they don't think they'll be the best. So if it's not a favorable outcome, they ain't even going to try. Right? They reject process and worship the position. So, so front runners is all about the position. They're going to reject the process. 
way he talked about that, right? See, I, I want the badge of Christ, but I don't want to go through the process of being a disciple. So I just keep saying, you know, God knows my heart, <laughs> right? See, see, when I'm process-focused, the value is in the experience of, of creating and exploring new resources, techniques, and challenges. So when, I, when I'm process-focused, there's a value in the experience of creating and exploring new resources, techniques, and challenges. So when I have an obstacle, well, now I'm going to research another way of getting to the goal. I'm not going to just going to pout, disconnect from people, change my whole flow in life, uh, throw away my exuberance because things didn't go my way. Uh, these two uh, uh, God children over here. So, so you, you watch them operate. If certain things don't go a certain way, they pout. You know why? Because they're children. They can't see beyond what's comfortable for them. There's some of us that act like them. We pout, well, well, they're supposed to love me because I love them. And I'm not going to figure out no wisdom or insight to, to uh, flourish this relationship. I'm not going to do that. No, they're just supposed to love. Or they're supposed to like me because I showed up. They're supposed to ask me to teach even though I don't come to none of the classes. That don't even make sense, right? Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to skip the process and get right to the part I like. Right? Right, why would you ask to teach? Because you was at the classes. You understand what I'm saying? We good? Yeah. Like, like, so you, you, was, you was in the military. You just going to put somebody out there and they, they, they stuck in basic training. But you're going to have your whole, what do you call it, platoon? Or what do you call it? Platoon? I, I had to watch what I was saying. You know, like, you know, got military people here. What are you talking about, bro? Like, <laughs> but you're just going to put them out there and follow this. This is going to be your lieutenant. This idiot, not idiot, but this person that uh, is terrible through basic training. Last in everything, limited comprehension. Never thought about nobody else. Terrible teamwork. They out there, right? No. But do you know, you know some people that, that's terrible and all those things, and they want to be leading the team? Front runners. They're front runners. See, when you're position focused, the value is in the final position rather than the experience of arriving there. When you're position focused, the value is in the, posi in the final position rather than the experience of arriving there. And what you don't understand is uh, the part of the fulfillment is the experience. A part of Kurt Warner's uh, f fulfillment was going, getting through all that. I always use the example of David Robinson won his first championship. He's, he's, a, he's a, a man of God. And, he, and, and so he's claiming Christian. One time he played a guy who wasn't Christian, embarrassed him. You know what I'm saying? And so he finally won a championship. He said, God is faithful. Why was he crying out in front of millions of people? Because of the experience, the process, he had got through something. He was victorious. Yeah, your name is victory. When you had a victory against all odds. If you had no obstacles, what do you need victory for? Why would your name be even victory? You ain't even played a game. 
If every time you show up for a championship, there's a forfeit, are you really a champion? Are you really? Are you a conqueror? What did you conquer? Everything was given to you. And that's how you're, 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 you're acting like everybody else is a trip. But everybody else is making effort and trying to grow from where they are. You're stuck in thinking you've already arrived. So who's the trip? Only a fool thinks he doesn't need nothing else. Or I'll say, you know, just to be balanced, only a fool thinks she doesn't need something else. Right? See, so, so this, 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 this uh, front runner is, is either their number one or no one will be. So that's why people are offended when other people, when they got to share. When somebody else is good at it, too. When somebody else is growing and looks like they're doing, it's like, well, I guess they already got who they want, so. That's it? That's how we doing it? <laughs> you ain't going to do what your purpose to do. You just bother because you're not doing what they're doing. That's how, so, so your only incentive is when you're shining, when all the attention is on you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So the scripture says this in 2 Corinthians 4.17. It says, your light affliction is but for a moment in time, right? Now, now, it doesn't seem like it's a moment in time, right? And it calls affliction light. So, so, so now, 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 the Bible is not, uh, what were we going to say? Uh, use Pastor Mel word, not poo-pooing on your pain, right? That's a, that's, that's a Pastor Mel word, right? <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, you probably say more than that. But <laughs> I probably said it light. Uh, but, but, but no, what the Bible is saying is that that affliction, we quoted the scripture in Bible school, uh, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. It says, uh, there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. Right? But God is faithful. With the temptation, he'll make a way of escape that you'll be able to bear. Now, people convert that to he won't put on you more than you can bear. It's not what the scripture says. That scripture is not in the Bible nowhere. Didn't say he put it on you. It says it got on you. It tried to attack you and tempt you. God, almost like in the movie The Matrix, is the operator up there saying, hey, hey, make a left over here. There's a phone booth over here. He's giving you a way out of the craziness. But most of the time, either the devil or ourselves got us into it. Well, I didn't tell them to act like that. Yeah, but you were in proximity to deal with them. Right? And so, so, hey, we talked about that in class. No private, no, I'm just playing. <laughs> no, so, so, so think about this. So, so the Bible is saying your light affliction is but for a moment in time, but worketh for you a far more exceeding weight of glory if you keep moving and if you finish. All things work together for good, but those love the Lord call according to his purpose, Right? All things work together for good if you keep moving and finish. You ain't even going to see the good if you're still stuck complaining because you made the wrong turn. Right? You got to keep moving, right? All right, so let's see. Uh, Ecclesiastes 8, uh, 1 through 7. Ecclesiastes 8, 1 through 7. 
Uh, I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, how wonderful to be wise. I'm sorry. Well, yeah, I know y'all don't have the New Living Translation unless you got your phones, all right, which some people do. <laughs> so it says, how wonderful to be wise, to analyze, and to interpret things, right? Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its harshness. Obey the king since you vowed to God that you would. Don't try to avoid doing your duty. Don't stand with those who plot evil, for the king can do whatever he wants. His command is backed by great power. No one can resist or question it. Those who obey him will not be punished. That means those who don't will be. Those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right. Those who are wise will find a time and a way to do what is right. For there is a time and a way for everything, even when a person is in trouble. Indeed, how can people avoid what they don't know is going to happen? Right? So again, some things you don't know is going to happen, they're going to happen, you can't avoid it, but there's wisdom even when you're in trouble. Remember when we did the message, there's wisdom from there. There's always wisdom from there, but it doesn't seem like it when you get into the situation. So the scripture says in Hebrews 10.36, it says, uh, you have need of patience. After you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. So God has tutors and governors around us to guide us. He has men, leaders to guide us. But we're so, uh, uh, we could be so prideful, we think we don't need help. Or we actually, like when you sit and question everything, where is the questions coming from? Your arrival at full intelligence? You've, you've maxed out on intelligence. No, the questions are coming from pride and it's coming from the reality. I don't want to be accountable or responsible. And I've, I, on the inside, deep down in your core, you've quit. And when I quit, I have to justify staying here and not finishing. I have to, I, I have to justify uh, this position I put myself in, right? But the scripture says, God is not mocked whatsoever man soweth that he shall reap. But it says... It says, be not weary in well-doing. You'll reap if you faint not, if you finish. And see, finish looks different for some of us. Some of us have been, you know, locked in for 10, 15 years, and we think that's finishing for us. But suppose finishing is in your 25th year. The thing is just finish. Remember, you don't look at, or am I there yet? It's a living sacrifice, Right? All right, so, so the, the, the tough thing about this life is we want destiny, but some of us fade fast. We struggle with destiny's horses. We fade fast. Now, now, I, now I'll say this. I, I don't like to be too transparent sometimes because, you know, people package that and, and look at every lens through that way. Uh, could you call children's services? <laughs> I was just, no, I was just saying. I was just kidding. I was just kidding. He fell. He fell. He fell. <laughs> sorry, sorry about that. It just came out, man. Stuff just be coming out. All right. So, what was I saying? I sometimes we fade. Sometimes we fade fast and we can't handle destiny's horses. 
And I know what I was talking about, transparency, right? And so, so, so I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this. I, 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 I love and love living with everybody. I'll do anything for anybody. I don't say everything I see, and I don't always, um, I don't always respond. I've learned not to react. But basketball helped me. You know, basketball, you can't just react to people. You got to be calm, cool, and collective under pressure. Otherwise, you end up throwing the ball away and stuff like that. So, so in my life, then I, then I went through a lot of uh, tests. I was going to say something else. But tests to grow into ministry. You know, a, a, lot, of, a lot of being um, uh, could have been purposeful, unintentional, could have been just what I needed, but mishandling that time. So I had to learn to, 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 like David. Remember, I told you David is my mentor. David in the Bible, King David. David went through a lot of tests, and I learned a lot from David how to not to always react, not always, not always say what you see. But I'll tell you, when people come and they have an air about them, and when I say an air, it's like, what's wrong with them? Oh, I just can't deal with them, this, that, and the other. I always look for fulfillment of destiny. Oh, uh, when people go, well, you know, I'm great at this, that, and the other, I always look for fulfillment of destiny. And so, so when I don't see fulfillment of destiny, I, see, when you open your mouth, you reveal your heart. You can see the quit on the inside of a person that have reduced their life to be critical. When, when they're talking a lot and doing very little, like they, they, if somebody's challenging everything you say about God, don't, don't just listen to what they're saying. Ask God to show you their heart. And you'll see there's quit on the inside. Because fulfilled, people that are fulfilled don't complain. That was the difference. When I went from New York, I mean, Newark, New Jersey, and I started working in upstate New York, everybody in upstate New York was asking me why wasn't I doing stuff. Like they was like, why aren't you playing basketball? That's nice. You're good and everything, but and? Are you going to do something with it? I used, to, I used to sneak and run in the morning in Newark. So nobody would go, what, you think you're going pro? You know, so I would get a whole other feedback. But in Westchester County, one of the richest counties in the nation, they was dealing with me totally different. You know why? Because everybody was paid. You driving by trees, go behind those trees deep down there somewhere in somebody's house. Right? So, so when people are fulfilled, they're not complaining. You ever seen a fulfilled, sad-looking person? But you ever seen a complaining, sad-looking person? Hey, oh, have you ever seen a critical, sad-looking person? Who has time to be critical when you're fulfilled? You're so busy giving stuff to people you really, and if you see somebody not doing something, you're so filled up, you want to help them to get where you are. So I'm just telling, for me, I, I recognize that. But see, I don't recognize it as, what's wrong with you? I'm happy. I want to help them to be happy too. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? I'm not like, what's wrong with you? I already know what's wrong. I don't need to magnify that. Let me figure some ways to get you in a pocket where you can start to drink of the presence of God and get back on road to destiny because you got quit in you. 
you got quit in you. That's not good. All right, so, so, so again, what's happening is you're, you're struggling with destiny forces. And, and, I, and we'll, we'll, we'll in yeah, we'll end with this scripture. <laughs> I got about 10 more, but we'll, we'll just end with this. This will be good. Jeremiah. Let's end with this scripture, Jeremiah. You know, it's kind of like a, a, an inspiring, sobering, challenging, stepping on your toes who you think you're talking to message. You know what I'm saying? You know, you, you know, listen, do you know what it takes to tell people what God's saying? You know, some people are going to be telling you, you know, some people sitting here right now going, who you think you're talking to? Or some people will take it up, <clears throat> he think he all that. I already know I'm not all that. I know Christ is all that and I'm, I'm submerged in him. And, 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 and I'm sorry if you want me to, to have a, a depressing, self-loathing, well, you know, we, we fading fast and, you know, some of us fading and, and I'm fading too. And, you know, man, one day we, you know what? We all had to get together. Hey, hey, everybody different. You know, everybody don't have a destiny. You know, some of us are just, this how we are. You know, people always try to make you be something that you're not, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, like you know, how you going to try to force me to be something like, I'm happy where I am. Who's to say I'm not happy where I am? I know it don't look like I'm happy, but hey, you do know this might be my way of expressing happiness. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, right? You know what I'm saying, right? <laughs> My point is, the message got to have some life in it for people to drink of the life of God. Right? So what you want me to do, man? I, I got to believe what I'm saying. I got to have, have walked through what I'm saying. Somebody got to walk through it. You want me to just tell you I'm not happy? I'll be lying. You want me to tell you I'm not fulfilled? I'll be lying. And I went through the period of time where I would hide my fulfillment and my happiness so other people wouldn't feel uncomfortable. All I'm telling them is stay stuck where you are. But as the poem says, me shining my light unconsciously gives other people permission to shine their own. Right? All right? I pulled that from Coach Carter. That wasn't mine. I just, you know, I just pulled that from the movie. Right? Coach Carter's a good movie. All right, so Jeremiah 12, 5 through 7, and I'm going to read it through the classic Amplified version. Jeremiah 12, 5 through 7. It says, but the Lord rebukes Jeremiah's impatience, saying, if you have raced with men on foot, and they have tired you out, then how can you compete with, with horses? And if you take to flight in the land of peace where you feel secure, then what will you do when you tread the tangled maze of jungle haunted, of jungle haunted by lions in the swelling and flooding of the Jordan? For even your brethren and the house of your father, even they have dealt treacherously with you. Yes, even they are like a pack of hounds in full cry after you. Believe them not, though they speak fair words 
and promise good things to you. I have forsaken my house. I have cast off my heritage. I have given the dearly beloved of my life into the hands of her enemies. So he's talking to Jeremiah because Jeremiah is like, okay, man, you got me a prophet. I'm going through all this stuff. Man, like, man, he's ready to quit because I'm trying to help people to get out of this mess that they put themselves in. He had people talking to him going, listen, man, why are you bothering with them? They're hopeless. No, no, no. He says, now, you're not even really in chaos and you ready to quit. He says, how are you going to run with the horses? How are you going to be a finisher? Destiny costs something. There's never been a dream that was at discount. It's not, it's, no, it's not a discounted dream. You got to pay full price. And you have to go through, all, like, like, like all your, 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 your delusions, your illusions, so you know, delusion is I'm defending the illusion, right? <laughs> you, that's, that's, that's you trying to get the dream on discount. That's pretend. You can't get it and pretend. It's, it's got to be uncomfortable. Listen, remember I told you, uh, Daryl was speaking, that song made me think about it. And so I called, you know, so I came up and I said, so when you look at Daryl, you can really see me back in the day. You know, in a way, I mean, he, he actually came up before all y'all spoke. How old are you? 16? I wasn't doing nothing at 16, so I wouldn't, I, even, even though he ain't say a lot, I wouldn't even have said that much at 16. You, there's, matter of fact, out of, even if, if I, I had to come up, I would have been so shaken. Like the whole time I would have been so shaken. And then when I got up, I wouldn't have been able to see the audience because my nerves would rack me crazy. That was my freshman year when I went to that tryout. They had to escort me off the court. I told you that. I, I couldn't see nobody. I was so nervous. I, literally, I was just standing on the court. As a freshman, as a freshman, when I'm 14, 14 years old, standing in the middle of the court, we're supposed to be trying out. I'm, 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 I'm sick, frozen. And you know, they got some guys, some other guys came and kind of helped me off the court. That's how bad my nerves were. But guess what? For me to get to destiny, I had to pay the price to be willing to look bad. To be willing to get up and get embarrassed a few times. Even when I didn't want to. And to not deny when it was looking bad just, okay, that was ugly, but I'm going to have to fix that. Had to be willing to get embarrassed on the court, dogged out on the court, talked about on the court, kicked off the court, right? I had to pay a price. I, she would tell you, I'm in my 20s. I have to do an announcement for the basketball program that I ran. I'm praying all day for a two-minute announcement. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, man, like, and then they, they, the, the pastor would come up and he would look at the order of service and the service, you know, the Holy Spirit would be flowing. And he's like, ah, ah, mm, yeah, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to do that. Yeah. And then so, so, so now my, my announcements keep getting pushed back later in the service. So now I'm like, I'm ready now. <laughs> like, like, I'm ready now. Don't push it back. And then sometimes they wouldn't do it. So now I'm going to do it next week. I'm talking, the same person's up here talking to you right now. I had to get through all that, man. 
Had to, had to press into God. Had to yield to the Holy Spirit. Had to be willing to look back. And right now, guess what? Even now, I don't know what to tell y'all. I don't like people looking at me stoic either. Like you think, boy, that, that pastor up there, he's really cold. Boy, he can handle it. Look at him. You know, like an announcer in the back. Boy, look at how he's handling their faces. Oh, look at that little funky attitude. Look at that person twist their face. Boy, that pastor is something else. He's getting through it. Oh, oh we got somebody's going to sleep on him. Uh, but he's still hanging in there. Do you think everybody sitting here that comes and watches this service sitting there going, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, you guys. No, even, no, no, I'm serious. Even with the little blowing. Rolling the eyes. Oh, how about this one? This, this is a good one. How about this one? I'm not going to look at him. Hey, hey can, I, can I pick with you, David? I'm going to pick with you anyway. So David first came to the church, right? He, he gave the testimony, but I'm going to give my part cause from, from the preacher's part. So he came to the testimony. So I pick up stuff. So I was like, okay, he here, but somebody must have dragged him up in here. Because that dude is not like, like he was like, okay. And, and, but, but I'm a discerner. So I picked up something happening inside his body, but he wasn't letting go. Like, okay, that's a nice song and everything. You can see on the inside, but, but Dave, Dave was not moving. I don't want nobody to think that I'm acknowledging them or enjoying this. That'll keep them off me. <laughs> right? I'm sitting, I'm the preacher. I'm preaching. You're here. <laughs> right? But that dude, like he's looking at me right now, shaking his head like, David wasn't looking at me. David was looking, I don't know what you was looking at. You look at this. <laughs> you look at the light. <laughs> Some type of drill. Just keep your eyes on the light. <laughs> right, right. Now, I can say that because I know where he's at now. But what I'm saying is, he ain't the only one. Right. But, I'm, but I, I have to, okay, David's up there, has a heart for God, like, are you dragging him to church? He might be dragging you sometimes. Like, like, babe, I don't know what y'all doing, but we're going to church today, right? Right? So suppose I don't finish. Suppose I'm intimidated by, by the looks or the vessel that came in that's been through something. There's a heart in there. You understand that? There's a heart in there. But I had to learn to see the heart, and I wasn't going to see it if I stayed in fear. When you're in fear, all you see is their faces and their looks and their speech, right? But when you're in the spirit, you see everybody. I'm not going to say what you say, <laughs> you know, but you do. You see everybody. So you, 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 now you can just flow. Y'all still think I'm talking about me. We all have to start to pay this price, the full price, to get our dreams and destiny. And it's not going to be at our convenience. It's not going to be based on our philosophies. It's not going to be based on our comfort. It's going to be based on our cost. All right? All right, stand your feet. That's enough for today.